Welcome to Making Great Men Podcast. I'm your host, Papa G. All right, all right, all right. Thank you guys for joining me for another episode of Making Great Men Podcast. Once again, thank you to all the feedback. Thank you for all of your uh, great comments. Much appreciated. Today, I'm going to do something a little different. Actually, it's going to be the first for this podcast in episode six of Making Great Men. I'm going to be doing an interview today. And what a better way uh, to start my first ever interview than to interview uh, my best mate, my best friend and business partner, Pedzi Mawandi. Pedzi, how are you, my man? I'm good. I'm good. Papa G, how are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> you said Papa G, guys, and I'm going to make. A, I'm going to. I'm going to tell you a little bit of a secret about that in a minute. <laughs> um, but Pedzi, uh, doing good, my friend. Now I just called you literally about half an hour ago. Yep. And said, "What are you doing? What are you doing, my boy?" And you said, uh, "Nothing, man. I'm just uh, just finished dinner." I said, "Come on over. Let's let's do this podcast, man. Let's do this. Let's, let's do, do this. it. Let's do it." You literally had a shower and came straight over, didn't you? I said, I need my nightly showers. You know this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, brother, I do know this. Uh, and we'll be talking about that <laughs> throughout the course of tonight. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Okay, so uh, so welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Uh, how's your day been today? Yeah, it's been good. It's been good. I had fun with you guys in the office. You stole all the chocolates, by the way. The, oh, I'm not. Mate. I'm not letting go of that. I'm not doing it. I didn't, I didn't steal the chocolates, <laughs> Coconut. man. Coconut. Chocolate. I have two a day, bro. No, you stole them all. They're the Whittaker's coconut chocolate mm. bars, which are amazing, by mm, the way. But mm. so, really, you're going to bring this to the podcast, eh? Absolutely. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. So, look, what I'd like to do before I start the interview, and I've got some things coming up today. We're not actually going to do a um, interesting facts today because I have some interesting facts of my own that. Uh, Oh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. You have no idea what I'm talking about, Pedzi. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> actually, actually, let me just say up front that Pedzi has no idea the question I've got for him today, no idea of what I'm going to be asking him to do. Uh, and so this is full-on candid right from the start, and, that, and I love to do that about this podcast. Um, and, you know, even when I do the podcast, I barely have any notes. I jot down a couple of things that I want to remember, and then it's just from life's experiences and, um, you know, things I've been through. And so, because uh, I want this to come across as if I'm having a discussion with you, which quite a few people have said that that's what it feels like. I'm sitting across the table from you having a chat. Uh, you've listened to the podcast, Pedzi. I love it, man. Yeah. Man, that's that's unbelievable. I've known you for almost 20 years and this is, and you, you are enjoying it. And I genuinely... Well, that's why I love it so much. I think our relationship um, has changed mm. over the course, um, you know, and... Just seeing you do this for other men, um, thinking about what you've wow. done in my life personally, um, is, is really, it's really, it's really good to see. Really good uh, to see. That's awesome, man. Thank you so much for that. Let me start by uh, sharing a little bit of our shared history. Okay? All right. So, um, so I met Pedzi back in 2004 when Pedzi had joined a church that I was attending in Brisbane, a very large church. And he was 17 years old at this at this stage. And he'd moved over from Zimbabwe. His mum had sent him over and he'd come over here to study. And uh, I was on the platform, actually, as a 30-year-old young adults director looking after the young adults in this large, large uh, congregation. And I look over across the auditorium and I see this guy who walked in, this African boy from Zimbabwe, bleached blonde tipped hair. That's right. In sync. <laughs> 
wearing a FUBU jacket. <laughs> you remember that? I remember that. Right. And, and you stood out You stood out amongst the crowd of all of these white people. <laughs> this African boy walks in. I think I still stand out. I think you still stand out, brother, <laughs> in Brisbane. Uh, and I thought to myself, I've got to go meet this kid, man. He looks cool. I've got to go meet this kid. I At the end of the service, I hopped off the platform, went over and introduced myself, and you immediately called me. Pedsy immediately called me, Gee! I said, hey, I'm George, you know, hey, G, G, yo, yo, G, right? That was immediately. <laughs> the following week, I saw him there and I went over to him to say hello. And the, the first thing out of his, his mouth was, yo, Papa G, yo, Papa G's in the house. And there was probably about five or ten different young men around him and they all heard him say Papa G. And so they sort of laughed, and, oh, Papa G, and that was it. It stuck. So, ladies and gentlemen, you are now listening to the man who, as a young boy, <laughs> was the first guy that gave me the name Papa G, which is now plastered everywhere. It's my number plate. It's <laughs> Do people even know your real name? Yeah, they do. I say it often. So. <laughs> and so, you know, so that that's how we sort of met. And then for the next 19 years, our relationship, as you just mentioned a moment ago, evolved. It went from like a Indeed. leader of a church, you know, a leader of a church to an attendee, then a coach to a student, and then yep. we became friends. Absolutely. I married you and your your wife at the time. Yes, um, and then and we became best mates, who yep. then became business partners. It's wild. <laughs> and the last eight years, we've been running an amazing company, and um, you know, and that's that's an incredible an incredible thing to do. Now, for those who have lived any sort of life experience, any level, you will know how significant it is what I just said. The fact that we've moved from like a leader attendee all the way through to being best mates and business partners and in business now for eight years and successfully navigating that world. So, um, you know, uh, we get asked often, don't we? Yeah, we do. About how the heck are you guys such close friends yet you work so well together? Um, let me ask you, what do you think the ingredient is? The ingredients? Look, I think there's a, a mutual respect for what each of us bring mm. to the table. I don't try to, you know, big note myself over you. I don't try to involve myself or um, necessarily try to be good at what you're good at. And I think most importantly, there is a shared, what's the word? There's a shared, I guess, goal to see each other succeed. Yes, I think you know that's agreed. that's that's probably number one. Yeah, you know? agreed. I, I agree with I agree with you there. There is that there's that shared goal. There's a respect, the mutual respect for each other uh, as humans, let alone the respect as you just said to know what you're good at, what I'm good at, and we don't try to be better or we don't even try to attribute to be anywhere near like the other person. That's you have right. a skill set that I can't do. I have a skill set that you can't do, and we highly respect and trust each other in those things. And I think over the course of the years, we have um, proven to each other that we can be trusted. That's right. I mean, when you when you first asked me about starting the business, you know, I, I you know, I kind of chuckled to myself at the idea, <laughs> and then I moved to Melbourne, and that just, you know, reverberated in my brain yeah. for a couple of months. Yes. And then, you know, when we finally put pen to paper and did a business plan, and then you 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 know said you know you'll come on board. It was a no-brainer just because I, I knew your character and, you know, the guidance that you'd given me over the years, you know, was almost like a testament of what I thought this company and what I can see it as now. Yeah, you know? yeah, wow. And that's, that's, that's the same for me too. It's, I, I grew up in a family where two brothers, my father and his brother, uh, 
uh, who, who my uncle just passed away and they were friends for 75 years. And wow. as you know, the story, yeah. um, you know, and that was, that's, that's a whole nother thing I, I, in and of itself. I'd love to interview my dad, actually. He speaks broken English, but I think I can get some stuff out of him, which will be gold. <laughs> but I watched them um, as business partners and as best friends and as brothers. And I saw the fallout and I saw the hard times that they went through and things like that. Um, and I thought, okay, well, look, if there's anyone that I would ever want to do that with, it would be you. Oh, right? wow. Because we, yeah. we grew together. and, and um, uh, But I think we've even taken it further than what my family did in the sense that we've been going for eight years and there's still that. Actually, it's a deeper mutual respect and a deeper understanding of each other and a deeper humility um, and wanting, like you said, wanting the other person to succeed. It's not just about, oh, you're succeeding. Oh, no, it's my light's not shining this now. Oh, now it's my light. We're going to back yeah. down. It's yeah, none of that, none right? that. There's been none of that. And I think, you know, it's been it's been a great eight years as, as a business um, and we've had some tough years personally mm-hmm. in each of our worlds. Yep. Um, and, but what's been amazing, I think, between us is the support we've been able to give each other during those times. Yes. You know, almost like give each other the freedom to, you know, exist as human beings first before, yes. you know, business. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. That, that's, that's the truth. It's yeah. not money that ties us together. No. It's, it's our friendship and our that's shared right. experience over the previous, you know, 12 years or so that, that we knew each other. So I suppose, you know, the reason why I wanted you to come on and, and the title of the podcast, which people will see, is uh, Growing Up Without a Father. Yes. And uh, not many people know, uh, except for the ones who've been close to us, that you grew up without a father. Mm. Um, so what I'd, love, how, what I'd love to do is to get you to share your story. So, wow. you know, your story from when you were young, what happened to your dad, how you grew up. And then I'm going to ask a couple of questions after that um, to unpack what has happened in your life, you know? Sure. Um, so why don't you share, share a bit of your story? Yeah, um, so uh, as you heard, I have uh, was born in uh, Zimbabwe mm-hmm. in a city called Harare, you know, shout out to H-Town <laughs> and all my peeps. Um, you know, I was born in 86 and, you know, I... The I, 80s. I, the <laughs> 80s. <laughs> um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Um, I, I, yeah, my father passed away when I was three, so I never really um, so knew him. young, man. I'd say my first memories of him were actually at the funeral because I think it was such an emotional experience yeah. and it was at, at my house. So, um, oh, the funeral was at your home. Yeah, okay. yeah. So okay. that's one of my first early childhood memories. And so I grew up without a father and I watched my mom raise, you know, essentially three kids um, on a single income. And she did what she had to in do. In Zimbabwe too. In man. Zimbabwe, you know, wow. she was, you know, first uh, black headmistress after, you know, um, the independence war. Um, and So she was the first, let's not miss that, the first black headmistress. Correct, yeah. In, in Harare. Yeah, in Zimbabwe. In Zimbabwe. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So um, she was a bit big on education. Yes. Um, but she did what she had to do. She worked for a lot of... Um, like NGOs and traveled a lot. So a lot of my childhood was spent without her as well. Um, it was other, you know, friends and family raising us or, wow, you know, then in high school, you know, putting me in, in boarding school straight away. <laughs> now, for, from what age <laughs> did you start boarding school? Yeah, I was like 11 when I started boarding <laughs> school. Yeah. Okay, so straight out of home. Straight out of home, yeah. At 11. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep, carry on. Yeah, so um, no real father figures in my life. Um you know, high school, I think, was was a point where I was surrounded by a lot of, you know, brothers and colleagues. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I was able to, I guess, catch a glimpse of, you know, what, what it was to be like a teenage boy or a man yes. in that sense. Um, from those guys who, from those guys, yeah. let's say, were a few years older than you. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're in year seven, they were in year nine or 10 or 12. Okay. Correct, okay. yeah. Or um, or even like some of the school matrons that, that used to look after us, you know, in, right. in high school. But it was never to the level where, you know, um, you know, I would I would feel like I ex- I'm experiencing what it is to have a father, you know, um, you know. But thankfully, in high school, I really I guess met my faith at yes. that time. Yeah, you know that became um, a cornerstone in my in my upbringing. You know, because you know just just seeing and learning about I guess the fatherhood of God. I'm a Christian, by yep. the way. Yeah, um, really allowed me to understand that yes, whilst I don't have an earthly father, I have someone that I can lean on spiritually. Yeah. You know? So, um, and for and for those who don't know, in the Christian faith, uh, God is show shows Himself as as a father. So there's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God three in one, as in uh, three. You know, um, it's one God, three indivisible um, uh, persons, and so um, God the Father, you know, is is the one you're attributing to. How did you associate that? Not having an earthly father, so nothing to compare the father nature to an yeah. earthly father. Yeah. How did you understand the the Christian worldview of a heavenly father? Yeah, that's a good that's a good question. Um, you know, Zimbabwe is very different to Australia, as you know. Yes, um, right. So, I think you you'd find that as a nation, Africa is generally more spiritually inclined right. because there's a lot of need, abject poverty. Um, and I think, you know, growing up without a dad, you kind of try to find meaning, right? Yeah, meaning okay. in a lot good of things, point. you yeah. know. Um, yeah, good point. You know, meaning in your friendships, meaning in your your relationship with your mom, you know, meaning at school uh, and what yes. you're doing. Good point. Um, but for me, the, it always felt as though there was, there was a gap and there was a hole there. Yes. And... You know, just learning about the Christian faith, um, you know, I, I made a personal choice and there are many faiths out there, you know, mm. um, but just learning about what um, the, the teachings and, you know, the care uh, God um, w- would give me, mm-hmm. I think it allowed me to find meaning, yeah, you know, got you. meaning in that. And that's, that's, how, my jo- that's how my journey started, you yes. know. Um, and as, as you've probably heard in some of the podcasts and some of our listeners have heard, uh, Jordan Peterson and many psychologists, and we know in the Christian worldview as well, meaning is a huge, meaning and responsibility is a huge part of a young man's life. And so you, even though you didn't have a, a natural father to sort, to sort of hone that into you, you found the Christian worldview and the notion of God as a father to fill that. Absolutely. I mean, George, there's so much beauty in this world. Mm. Um there's so much beauty in creation. You just look at people and how beautiful they are, you know. Um, yes. And you don't necessarily have to be Christian to be beautiful, by yeah, the way. Yeah. Um, but for me, it just made sense that th- there's so much of this world that tells you you come from nothing and mm-hmm. you go back to nothing. Nothing, yeah. And yeah. I just wanted my life to mean more. Yes. And finding that faith, you know, was the start of finding that yes. meaning. Yes. Yeah. And so you've you've progressed through... There's still no earthly father. There's some. There's some guys out there that are a couple of years ahead of you, 
who are teaching you how to be a teenage boy basically just through their actions. Yes. Inadvertently, they're not going out of their way to try to teach you that. This is just <laughs> happening by our normal human uh, interactions with other humans, we learn, yeah. um, which is basically, mind you, listeners, is what culture is. Culture is the messages people receive about how they're expected to behave. That's what a culture is. So I'll say that again. It's it's by it's in you find that statement from a great book called uh, Walking the Talk, Carolyn Carolyn Taylor. I'll just look behind me. Yep, Walking the Talk, Carolyn Taylor. Um, and her her definition of culture is uh, the messages people receive about how they're expected to behave. Now you can attribute that to organizations, not-for-profit, profit companies, families, sporting clubs, churches, everywhere. And so um, so here you are in school, Pedsy, and you are getting the messages about how you're expected to behave by the messages that are being sent by the people that are around you. So everything they do, yes. decisions they make, their yeah. own behaviors, you're learning, oh, that's acceptable, that's not acceptable. Um, so all right, so that's teaching you how to be a teenager and you're you're learning that on the spot. It's like on the job training, right? It is, it is. <laughs> but it's not teaching you how to be a man. That's right. All I was taught was actions. Okay. Okay. So so that's that's interesting because because, you know, um, if I can ask them before we move on to your next stage of life, mm. um, what was it like in those years growing up without a father? Look, to be completely honest, it felt empty. Right. You know, it felt as though you wanted someone to validate you and tell you your worth. Yeah. Okay. That's a good point. Yes. You know, um, I had a great mom, don't get me wrong. Yes. <clears throat> she she's she was a beautiful woman and did the yes. best she could. Yes, she did. You know, and she taught me to respect women. Mm-hmm. You know, she taught me She was a strong woman too. She really She was very she strong. She would have to break through a lot of ground being the first black head mistress. Absolutely. And other things. Absolutely. Her whole life was an example, you know, for me. Um, but there's something different, I think, and see now that I am a father and seeing the effect of me putting my hands on my son, mm-hmm. the effect of me kissing my son, holding my son, hugging my son, telling my son that you are the best thing that's ever happened to me. Yes. Hanging out with him, going to the arcade, you know. Yeah, gaming with him. Like it's, um, a, it's a visceral experience for me because I've never experienced yeah, it. So wow. when I can see the reaction, wow. I'm like, wow, okay, this is what I didn't have. This is what it's like. This is what it's like. So he's teaching me. My son's teaching me. So you're actually, funny you should say that because you're actually, by the sounds of it, experiencing it from a father's eyes and from a son's eyes. Absolutely. It's, for it's, the first time. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. It, very- it, was, it was a big thing for my son to to turn three and me to still be alive. I'll tell you that. Yes. Yes. He's, he's now... He's now, what, He's now nine, nine and yeah. and you're still around. I'm and, still around and be around for a long, long time. Yeah. You know, um, that is a that is actually uh, an incredible thing that you just said there, Pedzi. That the fact that you are now experiencing thing, this thing that you never experienced when you were young, when you were a child, now you're experiencing it from your eyes and from his eyes. That is a huge, that is a huge uh, emotional uh, experience you're, you're having. But at the time when you were three, four, five, six, seven, uh, let's say up until you, but just before you left Zimbabwe to come to Australia, yeah, that emptiness that was in you through that time frame, I, I'm assuming you heard your friends talking about their fathers or what their father did or what they did, or absolutely, absolutely. How, how did that come across to you? How did you process that, or you, or you didn't? No, it came across. Um, I think it, it was, it was. There were a lot of questions, I'll say, because 
I would see my friends and their dads and, you know, they'd love cricket or they'd love rugby and the father was a rugby player. Okay. You know, or, <laughs> yes. you know, their father's a funny guy and I'm like, oh, you know, he's funny like his dad. Or I'd go to their house and the dad would do something and the son would do something. And it left me with a lot of questions because I liked what I liked. Yes. But I didn't know if that came from someone or somewhere. Yeah, right. right. Okay, yes, good point. You know, and I look at it, I look, I see it in my son. Like, obviously I love anime and video games, PlayStation, like, um, yeah. you know, that's my thing. And yeah. that's his jam now, you know. Yes. It's like, oh, two peas in a pod, yeah. right? He's picked it up. He's picked he's, it up, he's picked you know. It up. Um, so I didn't know what I was picking up or putting down really constantly. That's a really good point. Yeah, you had no idea, no idea where that was coming from. Absolutely no idea. Um, could, did, you find, did you find that your identity was missing because of that? Like yeah. a part of your identity was missing. Yeah, yeah. Because as strong as your mum was, she did a great job in raising you, um, and you got a, a brother and a sister. She made, did a great job raising you guys. But you, both your brother and sister, were quite older than you, so you grew up pretty much on your own. Absolutely. With your mum, and then you're you're off to boarding school from such yeah, a young and age. Yeah, and my you know my my brother aged out and moved overseas, and so did my Long sister. Ago, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, so a little bit of your identity was missing, or some part, probably a significant part, actually, I should say, was missing throughout those teenage years of, I don't know why I like the things I like. Well, just think about the power of someone sitting down with you and telling you where you came from and who you are. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Your origins. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Mm. Very good point. And look, I, I wanted to do this podcast because, or this episode, because I know that there is a significant number of people... Uh, who gr- have grown up without a father or a father that may actually be alive in the house but is 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 ex- significantly absent from the family is in constantly on the phone or working or you know and so there's that absenteeism that happens as well um, but with the fatherlessness epidemic going around the world it is it is strikingly um, increasing the level of the level of evil that's happening in our world to these young men. What I mean by that is, you know, a simple stat that you can that you can easily find anywhere is you look at the African American community, who back in the '60s had a 23 or 25 percent fatherlessness rate, um, in a time where it was the most racist of of its time frame in the 50s and 60s, and their fatherlessness was at that was at that 25 percent mark, yet the young men were succeeding. Now we fast forward to tw- to the 2020s, and there's a, something like an over 70, 72% fatherlessness rate in the African-American community um, in the least amount of racist you know, uh, systems in America. It's definitely not more racist systemically now than it was back in you know, 60s, 50s, and 60s. Uh, yet, because of the fatherlessness, the young men are falling apart. So the crime rates through the roof. So you know things like you know what we know around the world, and this is all this is all stats. This is all uh, Bureau of Statistics from all over the world. Fatherlessness increases poverty. It lowers educational performance. It increases crime. It increases drug use. Increases sexual problems. Increases physical and mental health issues. Uh, it costs nations billions of dollars. It increases physical and child sex abuse. Um, it has major social issues uh, for men growing up. So there is a significant problem with this, and and we see this through our world. And we're not. I know we're talking America in those stats, but it's the same for Australia. Fatherlessness in right. Australia has got the same issues. Um, thankfully, it's not as big in percentage in Australia as it is in other Western worlds, but it's definitely growing. Um, 
And so speaking to you today, and I wanted to do this because I know quite a few of our men, and and I was talking to a guy the other day, Pedzi, and I don't know if I told you this. Um, He's from a gym. He's a bodybuilding guy. um, And I met him having a coffee at a cafe. We hit it off. We started talking. He's sharing this podcast with all of his friends. And he says to me the other day, he said, mate, I never told you that I didn't grow up. I I grew up without a father. My mum raised me. Wow. And and I've never really heard, and he's like 24, yeah. I've never really heard any of this stuff. Yeah. Any of the stuff you're teaching, I've never really heard it. I've sort of surmised that I've tried to read things and do it, but I've never heard it succinctly put in that way Yeah. to understand that, oh, it's okay for me to be kind and strong. Yes. It's okay for me to be chivalrous or to be vulnerable and be strong. Absolutely. Right? And And I thought, oh, okay. So he's now sharing it with his bodybuilding mates who are now, you know, cross-sectioning with each other and someone knows someone else. And But it was interesting to hear his take on, even though he knew the information, he didn't know how it fit into his life. And so he shared a story with me um, in regards to how he did he did this kind act about two weeks ago. He's a delivery guy. Yeah. Works in one of the largest delivery companies, couriers. And he, he there's a street that's got different names on either side of a main road. So it goes, sort of cuts across a main road, but it's called one thing on one side. And it's called another thing on the other side. And so uh, this one particular package was delivered to the other side of the road, the wrong side. It was 10, let's say 10 Harry Street, but it should have been at 10 Henry Street on the other side of the main road. So he saw the package as he was delivering another package and went, oh, that should be over there. So he just out of, out of his way thought, no, I'll, I'll take it to him. So he, he picked it up, put it in his van, drove around. You have to sort of drive way around to get around through the around the whole, uh, you know, there's no overbridge in the main road. Took him about eight, nine, ten minutes, drove around, dropped it off, but the person was home, so he knocked on the door, gave it to him. The guy freaked out. He wanted to give him like $500 or something because he said, you understand, this is a $1,000 statue that I wow. got from a family member overseas and and the, the company that's meant to deliver it didn't know where it was. Wow. You are joking. So he said, I'm like, I don't want any money, mate. All good, man. Not a problem at all. And he walked away thinking, my goodness, man, I've just done this good deed. And look at what kindness is, kindness that I've done has done to me, let alone to that person. The person was so lovely that they wrote an email to the CEO of the company, found his email, wrote it to him. And next minute, the CEO is, is called a company-wide meeting, Australia-wide meeting in Zoom, and just to praise this guy. Wow. Right. And so it went everywhere, blasted everywhere. And I may have got some of the details wrong in regards to who, I know it was a CEO, I don't know how far and wide the company was because I know he listens to this. Um, but what I'm saying is that simple act resonated all the way through because he didn't know. And so I understand. So as I'm listening to these stories, because I grew up with a great father and you've met my dad and he loves you. Um, it, it's, it's mesmerizing to me to watch you grow up from the age of 17 over the last almost 20 years, and to see you become a father. But it's all those things in between. So so I understand. So the significance of what you've just said is I grew up without a dad. I didn't know where my identity was. Uh, there was an emptiness in me. I didn't know why I liked the things I liked or where that came from and who I mimicked and how I became this person. That's right. Right? And now you're thrust into a new culture called Australia, <laughs> yes. All right. You come in I here as a seventeen-year-old. Yes. How, when you got here and you're starting university, talk to us about some of the adversities that you faced coming here, 
um, and how you started to try to face them. So now we now you've moved here. You're 17 years old. You're, you're embarking on three or four years of uni. Yep. With no prospect of anything after that, no guarantee, I should say, that you are going to stay in Australia after this unless you get a job. What happens in those four years? Well, look, at the time I came, I, I didn't really care about staying in Australia. Yeah. You know, Zimbabwe was, to me, was great, you know. Got you. Um, people were shocked when I said, yeah, we got, you know, delivery pizza at home, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we watch, you know, the same type of shows you watch. You yeah. know, we don't have, like, zebras or giraffes running through our backyard. <laughs> you know, we have... I remember some of those We have paved, paved streets and, yeah. and traffic lights and cars, yeah. you know. I don't walk to school <laughs> with no shoes on. Um, <laughs> That's so good. Um, you know, so I came in first semester and, you know, I, I had the typical uni experience. I, I moved straight into to college and lived on res and it was wild. Um, but I, you know, I found myself in church straight away, mm -hmm. you know, because um, faith is faith is important to me, um, is still important to me. Um, and that first semester, my mom calls me and she says, hey, the economy has gone belly up. I can't pay your school fees anymore. Ooh. Uh, you're on your own. So I I didn't necessarily understand what she meant. I was like, what do you, like, can you break this down? She's like, okay, your your $6,000 per semester school fees, I cannot afford. Gone. Your accommodation expenses, I cannot afford. Your gone. pocket money, oh, gone. Oh. So Where were you working at the time? I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I remember this, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. So, um... You know, life became very real at that point in time. Correct. Um, and so, you know, my sister tried to help me out as best as she could, but she was she was studying as well. She's doing her thing. That's doing all. her thing. So I had no choice but to try to find a job, you know, failed at Subway. You know, I went to a trial at Queen Street and I lasted five minutes and they booted me up. <laughs> Because I sucked at making sandwiches, but why would you put me on on a, on like the 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 lunchtime shift on Queen Street, right? For the first time. <laughs> yeah, and I had just come out of eating McDonald's for like three months straight because it was the best best thing I'd ever tasted in my life, right? <laughs> so I didn't know how to make food, but anyway. Guys, uh, <laughs> I may I may actually black out during this interview. Laugh, I'm laughing so, so hard. So I, I find myself in a kebab shop demanding a job from I remember that from Tasso Contudius. Was such a good man. Tasso, you know? and I think he could he could tell I was desperate. You were desperate. My I brother. was desperate. Yes. So, you know, and I obviously told you what was going on. I mean, I we, we you came to church, and my family took you under our wing. Um, you know, you came over several times to have dinners and you did Easter and Christmas with us and you, you know, tried to help out as much as I, I tried to help you as much as I can. I had three kids at the time. Yes. The fourth one was on the way. Um, and so it was a lot of life. It's it was a lot of life. It was a lot of life to see, you know, um, you know, and do you remember what you did for me? You can't remember. No. So you bought me my first guitar. Oh, yes. I remember that guitar. Yes. Because you wanted to play, right? Because I wanted, wanted to play. Because I wanted right. to play and you bought me my first guitar. And that was that was one of the kindest things anyone had ever done for me. You know, I Ooh. wish you had just given me money for school fees, but you bought me a guitar. So thank you. <laughs> But you know, and I still have it. You know, it's in the yes. back of it's in the boot of my car. So I have this twenty year old guitar, and people are shocked. It's like when I take it to the to the guitar shop, and they're yeah. like, "Wait, hang on, when did you when did you get this guitar?" <laughs> um, it's a special type. It's of a guitar special type because it's yeah. like a hollow guitar. Um, yes. It's beautiful, um, and 
you know, I just had to make my way and you showed me, I think what, what I learned from you in those early days was the word would be conviction. Conviction. Be, conviction. Conviction. Because, okay. you know, I think I was, I was quite distracted with what I was doing. Right. Um, quite overwhelmed with my circumstances, trying to pay for, you know, uni fees, you know, um, at the time. And, you know, I was quite involved in music. And, you know, I remember you sat me down that second semester and you said, you know, what are you actually here for? And what are you doing? Ah, yes. Do you remember that? Was that the one? Was that the, at in the, the cafe? cafe? Yeah. yeah. I remember it. it was in the cafe and people were staring at us because I was crying my eye. I was crying. <laughs> I was bawling my eyes out. Yeah, I remember. And people were wondering what the heck is going, what's on, going here? on here. But that's because you gave me some stern stern love, what's, I think. What's this what's this Arab guy doing to this African guy? <laughs> but you were straight up it was the first time any man was straight up and just just gave me life like it was. Wow. And you spelled it out for me and you said, you know, your mom sacrificed a lot for you to get here and understood, you know, she can't, you know, be there to pay for, you know, things, but that doesn't mean you need to throw away the sacrifice and what's going to happen to you if you, if you don't follow through with why you're here. And that was, that was conviction. So the word is conviction in the early days, you gave me conviction and it gave me something to hold on to and be like, okay, I, I, I actually do have a purpose, you know? Um, and at the time, that purpose was honouring the sacrifice my mother had given yeah, me. Yes. And I've got to say, I, I, I clearly remember that discussion now. Um, I didn't even think that that would have been your first discussion given to you by a older male giving you life in, you know, in all of its veracity. It's rawness. Um, it's rawness. <laughs> uh, I didn't even think that would have been the first time, actually. Uh, but now that you say that, I can see that. Um, but I must say that you sobered up very quickly. You sobered up very quickly. You knew that there was going to be a, a rough ride ahead, but you're here for a purpose, for a reason, and that meaning kicked in again for you. Uh, and you did it. You worked in your kebab shops. You did the the you did the JJ's. general pants and general JJ's pants, yeah. and um, <laughs> you know the bowling alley. The bowling alley. <laughs> yes, I dressed up as the clown people. I did. I, yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. Uh, I remember picking up many times from that kebab shop, and you smelt like grease, brother. Uh, as if, you know, I can't. I can't. I can't. You lived off two minute noodles. Yep. You haven't even had a kebab since then, have you? No. No, I haven't. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> as a lesson for all of us, there, guys. Um, you sobered up quickly and you realized that's what I needed to do, right? So I suppose that leads me into my next question, which is you had this sobering discussion with, with your mum. Mm. You had a sobering discussion with me. The next three years, you're working your butt off to, for, for your own living expenses, for university fees, uh, just, to try to get a, just to try to make ends meet. You're working your butt off doing that. And we're not talking high-paid jobs. We're talking retail yes. jobs all the way. Yes. Um, working tens of hours a week to do this. <clears throat> I look at you now and I see a man who is full of responsibility, who is full of respect for people, who's highly generous in the way he lives, uh, someone who's got a work ethic like I don't even know anyone who's got a work ethic like yours, to be honest. Um, you care for people. You have a vision for your life. Um, there is a calmness around you, no matter what situation you're working in, work, family, life, children, um, business, you, you've got a calmness around you. How 
the heck did you develop those things <laughs> in your life from someone who who never had a father who have, has been in effect out of home since 11 years old um and now that that was 25 26 years ago you've been out of home uh how did you develop these things in your life what what are some keys yeah i think Keys you know, for the people out there the who keys, have no daddies. The, key, the keys to the kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I think it starts with um, it starts with the seed. It starts with the small things. You know, I, I didn't just become who I am. And, and I, I, I look back and I can see it starts with the small wins, you know, taking on the responsibility of getting up and making my bed, getting to work on time. I have shifts. What am I supposed to do at work? Mm. What are my responsibilities at work? Right. What are my key performance indicators at work? You know, breaking down my life into those small wins over the years has helped me grow. And what what got that discipline? So let's start with how what got what got you there? How, how did you know that that was important? Well, you know, from that sobering discussion we had, I had a I had a goal, and that goal was to, you know, finish my degree. How do I finish my degree? Work backwards gotcha. from that. Okay. You know? Yes, yes. You know, so I had to break down my life into what do I need to do today to succeed for tomorrow? And that's the important statement that you just made a moment ago. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to get to in the next three years. Yes. Work backwards from there. What do I have to do today to get there? Correct. So if I want to finish my degree and get a job, therefore I need to come back to, I need to study. Well, for me to study, what must I do? I need to stop mucking around. So what does that mean? Well, I need to stop wasting my time. I need to go to bed earlier. I need to, I need to, I need to. Correct, yeah. Got you. Yep. Okay, yep. all right. So that's one thing you realize, okay, I needed to make my bed. I need to start with the small wins first. Small wins. Okay. Make the, it's, it's always the small wins, you know, paying my, being able to pay rent. Yes, <laughs> yes. You know, being able to make a meal for myself, you know, <laughs> get to the bus on time. Yep. You know, and I've been, there have been times where moments where, you know, you know, Westfield, you know, Garden City has called me and said, hey, <laughs> Why is the shop still closed? Because <laughs> you were on the opening. Yeah, I was on the opening yeah. and I was in bed. <laughs> you know, so learning, learning about learning about responsibility, and then I think moving forward, seeing the result, the positive results of that action. You know. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Then becomes a dom domino. Yes. You know. You saw those. Yeah, you saw those positive results. Yes. And so when you saw them, you realized that that's the thing I've got to do. I've got to continue doing this. That's right. Okay. I, I realized that there's, there's a pattern here. You yes. do X and Y, you yep. get the Z. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. What else? Was there, is there anything else in those, in those times you've been here now that got you to that place of those, for you to develop those attributes I just mentioned that I've seen about your life? I think, uh, you know, over the last couple of years, I've, I've really you know, had to take a different approach to life. You know, seeing the passing of my mother was, was a very mm. big, was a very big thing for me. Yes. Um, that really shook, shook my foundations and just, you know, made me maybe ask myself what's important. Yeah. Okay. Yes. You know, um, what's important in life. And so by asking myself constantly every day, what's important you know, and that importance to me helps me find my meaning, you know, yeah, okay. uh, seeing my kids smile, you know, um, being able to, to provide for them, you know, put a meal on the table for them, yes. making someone's day in the office, yes. you know, making someone smile, like helping someone, helping a client, 
those things are what's important to me. Yes, they're, they're wins for you. They're wins for me. So, li- listeners, can I can I just just harp, harp on that for a little bit? Just just let me pause there for a second because this is one of the big things that I've realized is actually massive, but they're little, but it's massive. You just mentioned a couple of things that most people would breeze over, not even think about, where you said make putting a smile on someone's face, making a client answering their questions or solving their problems, making someone feel good, seeing my kids smile, um, uh, providing for them. All of these things, these five things that you've just mentioned, to most people, either they don't think of them or they're so insignificant that I don't even doesn't even register on my on my Richter scale. Yeah. But what you're saying right now is those things are the wins for you every single day. Absolutely. Is, is what you're saying. Absolutely. That that's huge because what you what you're saying there is these people, these things, I get up in the morning, I look to do these things, I go to bed at night and I've realized I've had so many wins today. I didn't need to make a million dollars and I didn't need to get an accolade or, or win a and if you do all of those that's the wonderful they're just they're just icing on the cake you've had your wins from seeing your child smile and say love you dad and had a great day absolutely seeing a client say thank you so much for having me with that issue seeing a receptionist at work as you're walking through making her laugh and and her feeling great about herself because you don't know what she felt like two seconds earlier that's huge Pedzi. oh look i mean being it it, it challenged me it still challenges me every day being in Australia. <laughs> yes, it does. Okay, because explain that I came from I came from a country where abject poverty exists. So, you know, me getting in the car, you know, <laughs> and yes. having petrol to drive to work, you know, me being able to afford to just buy lunch or sit down and go to a nice restaurant with with a client or, you know have a conversation about what we are going to achieve as a, as a, as a company, as an yes. organization. Yes. These are massive. These are massive for me. That's so true. That these, is, are, these are massive for me, right? That is so true. And so it's, it's, it's honestly asking yourself what is important. Yes. You know, the last conversation I had with my mom had nothing to do with her career, had nothing to do with how important she was, had, not, had not, absolutely nothing to do with with the things she's achieved in life. She was just asking me if I'm happy. Yeah, well. She was asking me to forgive her for anything that she had done in the past that, you know. Well. And I asked the same from her. It, and it, that was the last conversation I had with me. Yeah. And it, that, that stuck with me because, again, it, started, it got me asking, you know, what actually is important? What's important, yeah. Yeah, very true. Very mm-hmm. true. So you, you've taken these things and developed them in your life. And as you've grown up in Australia, to become that person of responsibility and vision and, and, and generosity and work ethic and calmness, you've intentionally, from what I'm hearing, developed these traits in your life. Now, yes, you, you would have some personality traits like all of us do that have got you know superhero qualities to them and, and kryptonite qualities to them, like all of us have. That our 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 incredible our incredible superpowers, um, whatever that may be for you, can also be your kryptonite if you don't if you're not careful with it, um, if you don't manage it properly. But but you've identified um, those kryptonite things, and and I've got to say that that moving into the friendship relationship that I have with you as best mates, I've seen even to this day where 
you still learn from anything, from things that I may be saying that I, I might be a throwaway comment. Might be a throwaway comment that someone else is making or something you've read or a statement or an article and you go, whoa, hang on. <laughs> and it hits you and it resonates with you. Yeah, right? absolutely. Like, like you know, um, to our podcast listeners, we, we could be sitting in the office and we're all just working, typing away, doing things, you know, and the next minute you hear, ah, ah, <laughs> ah, ah. You hear this sound you know, like, and you realize, uh-oh, Peds has just discovered something. And you turn around and it's Peds is reading something. Did you know? And he'll give you a quote for something, right? Um, but it's not just a quote because it, 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 it was a great quote. He, is, he assimilates it. He, he assimilates it into himself and... How do you do that? How do you assimilate something that you see is significant and go, oh, I need to, I need to, I need to absorb this? Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's that's a good question. Well, I think, I think for me, humility is is a big thing. Um, something I I I always want to um, value highly. And you know, I've made I've made mistakes. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm not I'm not. You're talking me up like I'm some some. Oh no, no. <laughs> we've all made mistakes. Absolutely. You know, we, we all have. We, we all have. And, Absolutely. You know, I I think it's that humility and understanding that there's always a better version of myself. There's always there's always the next step in becoming more than I am yes. now, and yes. refusing to limit myself, refusing to judge myself. Yes. You know, yeah, well said, and and just allowing me to grow. Well said. That's well said. Um, and now, now you're you're in your you know mid to late thirties. Yep. You are living an incredible life with your two beautiful children. You uh, own and run a business that's highly successful. That's won awards, state and national level. Um, you yourself have won awards at a state and national level. Um, you have you have a you know quite a lot of staff that you manage. Um, you obviously have got a faith in God in the in the Christian um, in the Christian faith. You've got friends. You've got family around you. Um, what are you thankful for? Mm. That's that's a good question. Look, I'm I'm thankful for the people that surround my world. Mm. Wow. Okay. You know, and uh, I find the beauty in relationships every day. You know, the people that are beside me, the people that love me, um, because, you know, what else are we here for? Yeah. You know, we're here to share this beautiful world. We're here to share this experience that we have, you know, share our gifts, share our personalities, you know, and... Um, I'm just grateful that I have the opportunity to spend time with the people that I have. Yeah. Yes. Now, before I end this podcast, I have one final question for you. We often talk about in the office that, you know, when we started this company, we wanted to be a legacy for our children, that we wanted this to be a legacy. You know, yes. This, that's almost like our driving force. Mm. We're not building this thing for us. We're building it for our children. And whether they choose to take it on or not is, is not, the, not the point. Well, if they don't want it at all, when we're at the end of our lives, we'll just sell it and they can take the cash and do whatever they want, right? But it's that's the legacy in there. If I could ask you as a final question before I move on to uh, this this little segment at the end is um, what would you like your life to look like in the next, say, 40 years? What would you like it to? And that's a big question. <laughs> but think about 35, 40 years from now and you're, you're thinking back of 
at this second half of your life? What would you like it to say? Look, that's 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 a great question. But I think what I'm trying to find constantly in each day will remain the same for the rest of my life. Right. You know, because I believe in having an infinite mindset as opposed to a finite mindset. Yes, okay. You know, the things yep. the things that we achieve and the things that we do now, you know, they won't echo. You know, um, so what I try to hold on to and achieve, and I think every human is trying to, to in, in, in some way, shape or form, is a level of peace. Yes, right. In their right. world and okay. in their life. Mm -hmm. You know, the world is chaotic enough. Yes. I want to be able to, yeah, be, you know, a 70-year-old, 80-year-old man and live in peace. Yes, you know, and yep. have have that joy, and and that happiness. Um, but I I understand that this world has challenges, and so I I don't want to be broken by this world yep. and those challenges. Um, and I want to end my life as a man, knowing that I have been able to protect my children, protect my friends and my family, um, and live in peace. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. That is brilliant, mate. That is that is brilliant. Um, thank you so much for this part. Thank of the you. Interview. Thank but before you. Before we go, I do want to, I do want to um, put on the uh, put on the beats because um, Pedzi is so funny in the office. Uh, what we normally do, one of the staff members starts to write down some things that he says. Um, different oh, things no. that we're oh, at. My, no. <laughs> <laughs> some things that he says. So I want you to explain some of these, Pedzi, if you don't mind. Uh, this is the sort of life that we live with this man. It's it's amazing. I say, here's the first quote, Pedzi. Mm. Pedzi, direct quote. Bro, I'm eating, but I can't taste anything. I'm so full. I'm only still eating, so Jesus knows I'm grateful. <laughs> <laughs> what was that about? Well, give, me, give me a quick rendition. What's that about? Brother, eating two-minute noodles in uni for years will, will get you there. So when you are sitting in a beautiful restaurant, you're not going to waste a single mouthful. <laughs> so I don't care how full I am. I'm eating it. I'm eating it. I just want Jesus to know I'm grateful. That's yeah. brilliant. Um, this is a true one. Things, the things worth doing in life tend not to be easy. It feels like to me, you, as you've just said, this is uh, you, you haven't learned this. The easy way, you've learned it the hard way. That's right. Um, you've gone on to say that, bro, this is how you've 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 called us when we've been in the case. Said, yeah. Bro, I've just passed another black guy who's holding a whippersnipper on the side of the road. I thank Jesus for my life. It reminds me of when my friend tricked me into a factory job that paid $21 an hour. Have you ever heard of wet and dry sweatsuits? <laughs> It took three buses to get there to Griffith, from Griffith to Acacia Ridge. I'm dead broke, so I didn't bring lunch. We were emptying pallets of furniture. Brother, brother, I almost collapsed. The beautiful Samoan boys had to offer me food. Brother, have you ever seen a 40 kilo 19 year old trying to lift a pallet of furniture? This thing nearly broke me. You would have been a twig at the time, brother. Yeah. You would have been a twig at the time, bro. That's right. That's brilliant. Um, I don't know about this one. You need to explain this to me. All right. You grow into your Spanx, but you can't start in Spanx. It's a false economy out there. 
You grow into the Spanx, your love grows and your eyes become clouded. What is happening? Are we talking about... Do we want to leave that one? We want to we'll, leave that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll do that one off air. All right. Here, here are some of Pedzi's rules for life. Here, here they are. Don't go cheap on the following. Jeans, mat, bed mattresses, couch, <laughs> yeah. and shoes. Is that correct? Brother, if you do, they'll give you severe pain. <laughs> what happened with the shoes one, Pedzi? Well, I didn't know that I'm actually, you know, well, look, I've been wearing, I've been wearing size nine <laughs> shoes for years. And I think, I think you, you started asking me, hey, why, are you, why do you keep taking painkillers every day? And I said to you, yo, gee, I don't know what's wrong with my feet. My feet constantly hurt. Went to the went to the shoe shop. I'm a size 10. I've been wearing size 9 shoes since I got to Australia Did that for 16 years. <laughs> I think my body gave up, brother. Your body gave up. <laughs> it's like not not doing it. What happened to you? You were in pain, man. Severe pain. 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 Severe pain. pain. Um, <laughs> that's fantastic. Uh, native deodorant. Oh, just beautiful natural deodorant, brother. Great. Okay. Delamano brownies is another rule for life. Brother, Absolutely agree with that. It's an Australian treasure, Australian icon. If you don't know what it is, we want to push this product. Delo. D E double L O M A N O. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on a minute. D-E-L-L-O-M-A-N-O. Delamano brownies. Get into them. Get into them. Correct? Absolutely. Okay. Um, you're welcome. <laughs> Leather chamois. For the car. For Come the car. On, they're they're Come amazing. On. Come on. Uh, Colgate kids. Oh, the best mouthwash. Bellow bubble. Not for your kids. You're saying for you. 100%. Bellow bubble fruit oh, mouthwash. I have the best <laughs> breath when I go to bed. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Never buy a suit from Thailand. <laughs> Don't mention his name, bro. I won't say it. I won't say it. Okay. Um, if you want to know someone's real age, hands don't lie. Hands don't lie, brother. You mean the, the back of the hand? Absolutely. Oh, that's a great point. Absolutely. Hands that's a don't great lie. Point. No matter what, what work you get done on your head. Look at your hands, man. Look at the hands. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Change your pillow at least every two years. Yes, I didn't know this. So okay, all right. Yeah, don't ask good. me. Don't ask me how long I slept on my pillow for before I found out. <laughs> uh, another rule for life: home clothes. Quality purchases means quality comfort. Oh, brother, how much time do you spend at home? Think about it. <laughs> that's a good point. You need that comfort. Yes, that's a good point. Okay, operate a deliberate and decisive wardrobe. Capsule, man. Yep. A capsule wardrobe. Mm, I wake up every morning and I know exactly what I'm wearing. Oh, okay. So you're curated, man. Absolutely. You are curated. By the way, you curate your playlists like this, don't you? I do. I Can do. you give us some examples of what your Spotify playlists are? Church clothes. Church clothes, yes. These um, are some of the titles of your playlists. By the way, they're, they're, they're flipping amazing, I've got to say. Uh, what else have I got? I've got Vibe. Vibe is pretty good. That's like South African beats. Yep. I've got Electro Love, you know, just for when we're in the office. Yep. Contemplation, if I'm feeling Ooh, yes. feeling a bit moody. Yes, yes. Um, what else have I got? Um, uh, meditation. Yes. Um, Lo-fi plus drive. Lo-fi plus drive. That is that is okay. one of my favorite. Okay. Just, just when you're in the car and you're cruising and you just want to put something on that gets you from yes, A to B. Yeah. Yes, yes. That's it, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, it, here's one of the final ones. 
Don't floss water pick. It removes 99% of plaque. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yes, brother. Water flossing is a thing. Man, your rules for life, uh, they've got some, uh, they got some <laughs> amazing, amazing things in here. Amazing things. Uh, I'm about to, we're about to finish this podcast because I need to know about that spandex comment, figure out what that is all, <laughs> what that is all about. But Pedzi, thank you so much for being on the podcast, mate. It's been a pleasure having you. Yeah, it's been an honor being on here. Really, um, really enjoyed myself. Thank you. My pleasure, mate. Thank you again. And to all our uh, listeners, please share this far and wide, especially for those who've grown up without a dad. Get some keys on what it means. Even though you've grown up without a father, you can still be an amazing father yourself, but it takes effort like it does with any man um, and time. And it takes uh, meaning, responsibility, and precision in in goal setting of, of what you want to do. Come and working backwards. That was a great comment you said too, Pedzi, by the way. Working backwards and doing every day what you need to do to develop what you want to be like in the coming years. So thank you for joining us again. Have a great, great rest of the week, and I'll see you at the next episode.